0: This is Ahmaud Garland, and welcome to The Balcony Tapes. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Balcony Tapes. Can I be real with you guys? Can I keep it a buck? Can I keep it a hundred? I've tried to record this episode like six different times. And for whatever reason, my phone and other recording um, d- platforms that I use decided to like, cut me off like halfway through. So either it's the universe telling me that I should not record this, or it's telling me to nut up Buttercup and fucking power through. I think it's the latter, so let's get into it. Today's episode is called Above Approach. The reason why I want to talk about today's episode is I want to speak out to all the future leaders that are out there. Um, I want to talk to the audience. I want to talk to the everyone who listens to me run my mouth for X amount of minutes. I want to let you know that today's episode is going to run a little bit longer than normal, and I hope that's okay with you. So just uh, get comfortable, get your nice little seat, have a drink, have some water, have an IPA, um, whatever you want to do uh just enjoy yourself. So I want to talk about what it's like to be black in America. And black in America from my point of view. Um there's been a lot of things that have been happening a lot in the the black culture lately and um I'm not going to use that as a platform to springboard. I'm just going to talk about my experience of what it's like to be black in America. And I hope that the leaders that are out there that will eventually come after me and be able to get into situations that this can use as a springboard or for context, because as a black man specifically, um, you've got to be above approach. And the execution of that is really fucking hard and it requires a lot of focus and determination and endurance and resilience and grace. So I hope that I can give you some context for that. So let's get into it. Uh, many years ago when I was a younger man, uh, I'm still young now, but when I was a younger man, uh, I was raised by this beautiful, beautiful woman um, named Sandra. Uh, to paint a picture for you, she was about five nine, five ten, Black sheep woven curls, thick, um, weighty. Her eyes were subtle brown, mahogany, filled with prejudice from past experiences, but also with hope and faith her jawline was chiseled as granite and when she would open her mouth to sing it was the ocean waves moving and crashing against the the shore just so you can feel the and you would feel the rhythm and the blues and the jazz and the RB of it all. And that was my mom. And like all people in this world, she had her vices. Sadly, her vices uh she succumbed to them when I was eight. And I miss her very much. And now this is not the same mother that I talked about in the previous episode. This is the mom that is my biological mom that birth me i am adopted so there gives you some context um and i miss her very much uh she uh, man so i did not have a dad at all the only positive male role model that i actually ever had in my life was my brother my brother muhammad uh like all people you know did his best he was a No, young eighteen-year-old, twenty-year-old kid, trying to raise a brother who's eighteen years younger than him, and trying to figure out who he is as a human being, and also trying to give me some good morals and ethics at the same time. Um, he, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit emotional. He hates it, but uh, just fans or not fans, I guess listeners. Um, my brother is one of the most outstanding men that I've ever met in my entire life. He is able to accept all of his flaws, not make any excuses for it, but to observe and change the things that he used to do. He has shown me love, compassion, assholeness, douchebaggery, and also has shown me the full spectrum of redemption, acceptance, and execution for wisdom. One of the biggest lessons he ever taught me was to never, ever, ever accept I don't know from yourself. The reason why he taught me that is because when you're talking to yourself and you're trying to figure out what's going on in your life, I don't know is just another road to deception and also confusion for yourself. And as we talked about before, confusion is knowing what you have to do but being afraid to do it. So therefore, what he was teaching me was how to be self-aware and to never accept I don't know for myself. And that lesson that he taught me would reverberate through my entire life, especially in the next profession that I had. So Mo, if you're listening, I love you. You're amazing. You're the best brother that I could ever have. And without you, I don't think I could be anywhere I am today. I know it's emotional. He hates it, but I love you. And I care about you so much. And thank you for being the father (laughs) and the brother and the friend and the confidant. Thank you for being a helping hand. When I was in need. I love you. So got my brother, right? Rad. And then years later, I get adopted by uh, Beverly, which is the mother that I talked about before. And she taught me a lot of valuable lessons. And we can recap with last episode's lesson of, you know, don't be Captain save a uh, But also she taught me how to be flexible in life, to never be too comfortable being comfortable and to be able to embrace the uncomfortability of life and to be able to use the power of change as a springboard to be really great at things. Um, she also taught me never be afraid, never doubt yourself. So to my mother, Beverly, um, thank you for being the second mom I never thought I could ever have. Thank you for being the black excellence. Thanks for being my friend when I got older. Because as we all know out there from my fellow black people, mom ain't a friend until we're adults. <laughs> and even then we're fucking terrified. So um, thanks, mom. Appreciate you. Um, so this happens, right? I move on. Da, 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 and I finally joined the military, right? Um, I joined the military 2010. And I go through it. And there was a lot of weird situations that I got into. I remember one of my first memories in the military when I went to my, uh, my A school was that this kid runs up to me and he goes, You know what month it is? I'm like, What? He's like, It's Black History Month. And I was like, Okay. And he was like, That's 28 days. I can tell you how much of a nigger you are. And that was like my first real heavy memory. And I remember that. Now, I don't think personally that the kid was like a racist. That's really easy to give people labels nowadays. It's so easy to give people labels. Oh, they're racist. I just, it just like was a more of a shock to me because I was young. I was like, what, 18, 19. And I've experienced prejudice before. in a a past life but like that was a real like in your face moment and it tripped me out but whatever fuck it you know and i power through whatever finish up school and i go find to the fleet and the fleet marine corps whoops sorry guys but the fleet but every service has its own issues but the and the fleet though i was was doing my thing right and uh, i was fine no big deal um, in the beginning though, there was like, you know, people would hang like a noose or two on my door and some kids would walk around with billy clubs and like, you no, know, I'm looking to hang some, some N words, or I can say it's fucking explicit, some niggers, you know? And that was a really weird experience that deployed, <laughs> you know what I mean? With the same people. Um, but here, here, here's the thing. I'm not bashing the the conglomerate of what the Marine Corps is. The Marine Corps is pretty rad and I enjoy it. I am talking specifically about people, right? People. Because just like in American society, it isn't all of America. It's just people, right? People in America that sound to be Americans. So it's people in the Marine Corps that sound to be Marines, but they just you know weren't the best people. Not Marines, but just best people. So I want everyone to remember that. It's not me taking an attack at the military, but it is quite literally just them being bad people or not wise people, being very ignorant, right? So, I remember, man, I remember, like, the nooses and the the condoms filled with pee hung on my door, right? And I remember that. And it, it started to jade me because I was like, I remember growing up in New York um, with, like, Kids being, you know, less than optimal to me, and and saying things and you know, saying, like, oh man, this a jam nigger playing on the playground, jigaboo, blah blah blah, porch monkey, and then their parents would come in and say the same shit, right? And that's like extreme level, like movie Hollywood level of racism, right? But it it shit happens, right? I was I was born in the nineties, so this happens, right? And I'm like, oh man, fuck, and. I get to the military, I'm like, oh, shit, it's be different. But I didn't really think it would be different. I didn't go to the military to, to, oh, everything will be fine. I joined it because I didn't want to be mediocre. I joined the military because I didn't want to look at my life X amount of years later saying, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And I'll tell you what, um, to be really honest, I don't. Years later, man, I fucking had the time of my life because Bad moments, and this is talking to all the black leaders out there, guys, bad moments don't define the story. There is good and bad with everything that we do. And this actually segues perfectly into the next topic I want to talk about. So when I was a boss at one point in my career, uh, one of my Marines would always ask me, Yeah, How do you stay so calm and relaxed when people are coming at you? How do you stay so focused? How do you stay so, you know, in tune? And I would tell me, well, you got to be at peace. You got to be, you got to be relaxed. I would tell them, you got to, got to, hey, like, it's okay. It's fine. You know, you don't want to, no, never let them see you sweat. But if I got to be real honest about this, the reason why I never got really mad and really upset Is because I didn't want to be the angry black guy. I know fucking weird, but let me, let me, let me break it down for you. Because the way I talked, because the way I executed my day to day operations, because the way I took care of people, if I was to haul off and be, you know, for the black people out there, a real niggerish and like get real hood. I would lose all my credibility and my credibility was my springboard to protect all the Marines of all colors below me. If I was to let the heat get to me, I would sacrifice my only chip, my only playing card that gave me a seat at the table. So for all the Marines out there that I've ever worked with, that's why I kept it cool. Because I never wanted to lose my seat at the table so that you guys could not succeed. And like, well, yo, Ahmad, like, that's not fair. Like, not everyone thought you'd be like that. I mean, no, no, that's true. I got to work with some really great fucking people in my day. And especially at the very end of my career, I worked with some really great gunnies and sassarons that were fucking amazing from different sections of the world. And they were phenomenal, hilarious, great fathers, great husbands, and also just really funny fucking dudes. However, for me, I still knew that I had to be my P's and Q's. So, yeah, I failed at one point. Yeah, I definitely did hardcore. But then I learned and I got better. I... I knew from my early years in the Marine Corps that I had to be above everything. I had to be able to execute and communicate and to defend and to understand that I am the exception to the rule. Now, this is to the black Marines that are out there today. You guys are a rare breed. You guys come from a lot of trauma in the background. You guys come from some really fucked up shit. Trust me, been there, know that and when you get to the military, you know you you carry that that swagger with you and I understand that. However, the ones you see above you that have been through it and are still that that gangster mentality and not like. A thug, but like that that's that, that why they got to him, because they've been powering through for a long time and they've been around. That same leeway doesn't apply to you. You have to be above reproach. You got to be bigger and better and badder. And not just only black Marines, but the Hispanic Marines. You got to be hard. You got to be ironclad. You can't have any chinks in your armor. You've got to be squared away. There is no other way. And when you get mad and angry and someone disrespects you, you've got to be able to eat that, redirect it, and handle it. Because hauling off, getting pissed off, motherfucking this person and that person doesn't fucking work. Not until you get to a certain level where you can get away with it. But until then, you gotta play the game. Oh, playing the game's fucking that bullshit, fake foo foo, blah 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 blah. Yo, I hear you. But you also have to understand that it's not about you. In the beginning it is. But when you get to a level of leadership though, it's about the young ones, it's about the ones that that are under you. If you were to sacrifice your seat at the table, you fuck everybody below you. Can't do that, but if you fuck it up while you're in the single level, those first few ranks, then you never get to see at the table in the fucking first place, and then you fucked everybody in the first place. I've seen so many Marines that are black get fucking separated, NJP, whatever the fuck, brig over over like what mediocrity over 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 some dumb shit like, oh man, we gotta like you know I'm hard, I'm true the game whatever, but that causes issues. And then you get labeled. And I'm, I'm, I kid you not for the ones I've worked with in my life, the ones I've, I, I have met and, 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 and been with, we know that you see a black Marine, you have a preconceived notion that oh, they're a hood guy. They're just a fucking insubordinate da, da-da-da. negative shit. Right. You come in, you act a fool and then it just proves everybody. Right. I, Want to level with you, Black Marines, Hispanic Marines, Marines of color, like you got, or fucking you know, fuck that, all military members of color, right? You have to be able to understand the world that you're in. You have to be able to conduct yourself at the highest level of professionalism and execute at the highest level of professionalism, no matter. Who's around? Now I may receive a lot of hate for this, or maybe receive like a lot of, uh, I guess, pushback. Right? Hold on. Delicious. Might receive a lot of pushback of, uh, oh well, no white people, da, 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 da. and it's like it's not about white versus black, or white versus Spanish, or white versus any other culture. And what I'm saying is that the the, the people of culture. Right culture as in like no ethnicities minus the white population. Like it, we come in and we hear things and deal with things that you guys just don't, you know, I have so many stories of seeing like, you no know, people of color possibly doing something. And then a person who is white doing something and totally getting away with it. And it may be a very unpopular, uncomfortable thing to talk about, but let's be real. Keep it a buck motherfuckers get away with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is what it is. And, and and it's not like, oh, I'm mad or angry or I'm lashing out or blaming. It just is what it is. These are just objective observations. And it sucks. But it is what it is. So I'm trying to, to help you guys who are of the black, Hispanic, and other culture communities that you got to be above reproach. You have to be so much more Than anyone else and that's all i'll say about that so now let's switch over to civilian life right so now you know civilian military civilian now the same rules apply um being a you know black male in the civilian culture now now you really got to be you know all your p's and q's now make sure that you are you know Proofreading, you no know, double reading emails, making sure that you are communicating in the proper way, you know, following up with phone calls if something might to be misconstrued, and also just making sure that you are executing at the highest level. Right, that is a thing that will carry with you for all your life. Now, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, orange, or blue. That's just a good like baseline <laughs> of things you should do, but especially for the uh, the the cultural cultural eth- ethnic background of a uh, people. No, it's it's kind of hard to like kind of figure that out, right? Like kind of figure out, like oh man, like no black, white, orange, blue, or whatever. It's just like the, the people that of of color that are not, you know, you're white American, but you're 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 ethnic Americans. It's true. It's just fucking true. It's just it's just, it's just a fucking true, true ass statement. So, what do I want to teach you guys? I want to teach you guys this one. Never allow situations to cause you to lose your cool in a public space. Find the friends that you can, you know, relate to, find the friends you can trust, invented them, but never let them make you lose your cool out in the open. Two, understand that you are playing not the same game as everybody else. You are going to the same finish line, but not the same game. Three, understand that if you were to do the certain behaviors as others, you'll be penalized accordingly. You are not playing with the same set of rule book. And four, which is, I think, maybe the most important, probably should be number one, is that never forget that you are automatically looked at for your culture and skin color And that is something that is not okay, but it is the reality of life. Yeah. And you can still love America and still love the military and still love society. Because remember, as I said before, earlier in the conversation, it's not about a conglomerate, but it is the people of that society that do, you know, make things a little bit harder. That makes sense? Hope so. So what am I saying? What are we talking about? What I'm saying is that being black for me in this world that we call United States of America has been complicated. I have seen the best in people and I have seen the worst in people. I have seen The joy and laughter and love and camaraderie. And I have seen the prejudice, racist, bigot bullshit of life. My call to action is that take all those things, people out there who are listening. And choose how you want to go through life. Choose how you want to perceive everything around you. Because at the end of the day, no matter what happens, and I mean this so sincerely, the choice is yours. You can't control how other people will perceive you. You cannot control how people will act towards you. But what you can control is how you execute and move through this world. So choose and move wisely. And remember, be above reproach. I'll see you guys next week.